Hey listeners, welcome back to Don't Forget Your Towels. This week we're going to continue with our Call of Cthulhu adventure. We don't have any further announcements for this week, so without further ado, let's get into it. Previously on Don't Forget Your Towel. So, the four of you wake up. You're inside a room. What is this? What are we doing here? Uh, I don't How remember anything. Do not trust those who are distorted truth, mangled art, and damaged pieces. Three more are required. Will you do it? As you go out, you find yourself in the very same hallway that you initially thought. At the very ends of it, where the mist is, you see a, a figure. A dark figure. A figure dressed all in black. It almost seems like a whisper right next to your ear, but you hear the words, Will you do it? You take a snapshot, you bring the camera down, and instead of the empty lanterns hanging from the ceiling, are two human beings hanging from the ceiling. Uh, guys? Do you, uh, do, do you see that? Oh, oh no. my! Yeah, okay, so I'm not going crazy. There is definitely something weird going on with this house. Just, no, 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 you're not real, you're not real. No. There is a homicidal maniac in this house with us. We can't afford to not. Well, I don't know about you, but I've got my shotgun and I got my rifle and that's all I need. Do you know Doris? Who is she? Uh, Doris? Um... Isn't it convenient? This woman that we've never met shows up. I don't trust her. You shouldn't either. From where you're standing, even from just out or off the staircase, you can quite clearly see downstairs. So it looks like a large open hallway with these crimson Persian carpets framed by white marble on the sides that leads straight down from the staircase to two looming doors at the opposite side. Okay, it looks like we're definitely on the ground floor now. I can see out to the garden and the courtyard. Uh, so how do we open the Door, though. Through your combined might, you manage to, you hear the hinges of the door just break loose to a point where uh, the door suddenly becomes movable at least. So essentially, I didn't need to waste that shot. Thanks, guys. Well, if you prefer, we could have not broken down the door. Would that have made you feel better? Do you open the door? Yes. Yes. Yes, we open the door. <laughs> you open the door and you see a large open hallway with crimson Persian carpets framed by white marble leading from the staircase that you see at the opposite corner to the two looming doors by where you are standing. There is a circular archway at the opposite end as well, and behind the wooden columns on both sides, you see, lining the west and east sides, you see a staircase. What the monsters are here in the I don't understand. I I saw the courtyard. There was a, a fountain. I knew it was too good to be true. I turned my head and looked behind me because that sounds exactly like the description of the corridor that we're in right now. What does this mean? 
sorry, he looks behind him. And he sees the same place he came from. Oh, from both ways. Yeah. This yeah. Okay. So we're looking through the door and we see exactly where we are. Sybil. Yeah. What kind of game are you playing? Why would you lie to us about that? I'm not, I did not lie. Come on, you, you've seen some weird stuff today, all right? You know something's going on? No, nah, -uh. I haven't seen anything like, I don't know, a courtyard that isn't there. Well, that's because none of this is real. Could you all roll me sanity, please? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh, damn it. Success, 27. I passed for once. Just. I failed. I failed too. That's a three for you, Sybil. So suffice to say, Doris, your um, lack of belief in what is real and what is not real is getting to you quite strongly. Like it is, it is definitely covering or otherwise influencing most of who you are, yeah. or beginning to influence most of who you are. Franny, I, I'm telling you, I was not lying before. I do. <laughs> I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to believe. Have you been setting this up this whole time? No, of course not. How did you know that when you took the photo, then the bodies would disappear? I didn't know We that. weren't looking. We don't know what you did. You might have done something. Maybe they were hiding up there and you pulled something and the bodies I... came down. We don't know. Oh my god. That's a good I point. I can't believe this. I don't know what was going on at all in there. What? Come on. Don't look at me. I'm not the one doing this. I want to get out of here just as much as you guys. Really? You're the one who was upset when we managed to break down that door. Oh, come on. You were. Come on. I was just saying I didn't need to waste a bullet shooting it. We don't know what we're going to need the bullets for later. Maybe it's for shooting us. Maybe you don't need to waste any more bullets. Give me the goddamn gun. I'm not giving you my gun. Give me the gun, Sybil. I'm not giving you my gun. Well, we don't want you to have a gun. Yeah, well, I don't want you to take my gun. At this point, I don't know if I can trust you either. What are you guys going to do? Are you going to try to take force if they take the gun off her, or are you going to leave it? Also, Sybil, at this point, you're beginning to kind of doubt what you're seeing. Like, not to a point of insanity, but it's kind of nagging at the edges of your mind. Like, maybe I'm wondering if I, you know... Did I if actually I... not see it? Yeah, Did... yeah. yeah, right. I get it now. This is all a dream. You don't have a gun. That isn't a door. I mean, give that yet. I'm like... Uh, no, I... I do have a gun. Can I try and pull it from uh, her? No, I am, I'm not going to let her take it, so... I, I decide to help. Oh. <laughs> this is happening, anyway. Um, I, I assist Doris with the, in the tug-of-war. I feel like Professor Wolf isn't sure what he's feeling. Actually, no, I know what Professor Wolf wants to feel right now, except suddenly everyone started fighting while he's trying to make sense of what's going on. Stop it! Stop it at once! No, Stop give, fighting! Give me the gun! Give us the gun, Sybil! Like, could you maybe help me here, Professor? No, I'm not gonna help. Come on! You don't even know if these people can shoot properly. You you want some amateurs to handle a gun? You've got two. Doesn't matter, it's not real anyway. If it's not real, why do you want it? Because I'm proving that it's not real! Uh, so you're basically opposing roles. You're going to be rolling with a bonus die, provided by Franny. And you're gonna be rolling without a bonus die. Mm-hmm. Am I rolling strength? You are rolling. I have to double check if it's fight or strength. Well, whichever one it is, I have failed. Whichever one it is, I have passed. Oh, oh God. <laughs> Perfect. So you've passed mm -hmm. and you failed. Mm -hmm. Yes, so without much ado, um, 
thanks to the help of Franny as well, you easily managed to grab the gun out of Sybil's hands and you have it now. And oh, I'm, I'm also... On. Yes, you're both holding on to it. Yeah, and then I try and then I, I take try and take it for Doris. Okay, well, I'm holding on to it because I want to shoot something. And I'm now trying hurt. to grab it from Doris because Doris is insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, okay. You know what to do. <laughs> okay. So I, that's a fail. How about you? <laughs> Suffice to say, this uh, sudden turn of events made the keeper feel afraid. <laughs> um, the gun... Despite Fanny's efforts to pull the gun away from Doris, Doris manages to pull it back towards her with a newfound strength from within her. Ha! Doris? Well, thanks, Franny. Thanks very much for that. You see what you've done? Doris? Now, look, look, I'm gonna, whatever you do with this gun, like, like, rattle a few things and shoot, aim at the chandelier and go. (laughs) Ah! Jesus! Um, why don't you roll me firearms, please? Do you have any firearms? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. Um, so rifle, shotgun. Okay. Um, did, yeah, did you get eight? eight? Yeah. yeah. That's a hard pass. That is a hard pass. Okay. You, where are you aiming? The chandelier. Where of the chandelier? Like, well, I know, like in my bit of rage, I, I was just I don't think Doris of... is really aiming. <laughs> <laughs> the fragmented bullets from the shotgun just pummel themselves through the air that loudness honestly almost deafens you all and you yourself are kind of pushed back by the brunt of the force i'll probably fall over because it's a shotgun and i've never fired one before (laughs) doris falls over thank you for volunteering (laughs) the shotgun pellets uh damage the chandelier and you hear metal and glass just clatter against each other and it makes a really really high pitch just almost banshee like scream um, obviously not an actual scream, but it almost seems like that given the sharpness of the bullets in the glass. And parts of the chandelier just fall down, breaking as they shatter on the ground. I would like to take this opportunity to run over to Doris and try to wrestle the shotgun back off her. Uh, yes, you may. What the blazes did you do that for? This is who you want to have the gun? Uh, and I, as I yeah, say, I'm not, I'm I'm not putting up any fight. I was like, okay, great. well, uh, maybe it's still... A dream? But, God, that felt real. Yeah, that's because it was real, okay? This is a real gun that you're shooting. You can kill people with it. Now, don't give her ideas. I have it back? Yes, I hear it's with you. I, I, like, put it, you know, behind me, like, in my pants or something, so no one can just grab it. You see what happened, Franny? Oh, it's my fault that Doris is insane? Uh, no, but it's your fault for taking the gun off me and letting her have it. I wasn't trying to get her to have the gun. I need the gun. I know, but look, all I'm trying to say is nobody takes any more guns from anybody. We just all focus on working together and trying to get out of here. Fine, but you have two guns. I'd like one of them. What? These are my guns. It's not my fault you don't have guns. And it's not my fault that we're in a situation where we need guns. I didn't expect to be in this kind of scenario. Jesus. Have you ever shot a gun before? No. So do you think it's going to be much help? Well, I think it's going to be more help than this knife that I've got. See, you've got a weapon. It's fine. You're fine. Oh, yeah. This little shiv is going to be super useful when the uh, freaking invisible man comes and uh, walks through us. The gun won't do much help against that either. Well, exactly. What'll do the most help is getting out of here rather than standing around arguing with each other. Thank you. Now, get a move on, all of you. I pick up my dagger, which probably fell on the floor at some point, and 
Yeah, I'm just I'm sticking with Wolf now because he seems more reliable than the others. What you don't realize is that Wolf has been going behind so that he can keep an eye on you. <laughs> so we're just both trying to like get behind each other. Look, Franny, if it'll make you feel better, you can have my shotgun. There's only one bullet left anyway. I appreciate that. Okay, I take my shotgun out and I hand it to Franny. And I awkwardly kind of try and figure out how to hold it because I've never held one before. Yeah. I, uh, I point out, like, the uh, the safety and the trigger and all that kind of stuff yeah. to her. Miss Valia, your camera. Yeah, what about it? Well, when you were in that other room, you said you used your camera to take a photo, and that changed what you saw. That's right. That's how I saw Fancy the... trying the same thing here? Smart. Okay. I take out my camera, and I um, take a... I look through it towards the door, and I take a photo. Despite the flicker of hope that gleamed within your soul, nothing changed. Well, that didn't work. Well, might as well take another photo. I, I take a photo of the hallway that we're in as well. Yeah, again, nothing changes. Uh, although another bit of the chandelier falls down at the crash. Well, uh, what do we do now? Well, I guess we go down the hallway. Or we try and find another way out. Maybe there's a ground floor window. Yeah, let, let's look around the, the room a bit more. There's some other doors on the other side. Maybe they go somewhere. I'll reach for the closest door and open it. Say, the door on my right. On your right. Cool. Uh, so just for context, there are four doors to your left um, facing from the door, uh, from the main doors. And there are three doors to your right. And you're choosing the first door to your yes. right. You open the door and you come, you essentially find yourself in what looks like a large closet. Um, there's coat racks all around, there's uh, remnants of like boxes and stuff like that, uh, there's a few clothes uh, just tidily folded and put into a corner, but it, it's basically just a glorified cupboard. Didn't you say that the room upstairs was empty? There's a few things in here. Maybe this can tell us something about the person who lived here. Okay. And I'll start fossicking through it to see what sort of things we've got. Yeah, so you see a couple of suits. They belong to a man, um, a relatively tall sort of man. So about how tall are you, Professor? Oh, I would be about 6'1". So definitely shorter than you. Um, you notice that some of the clothes, the shirts, for example, and the ties, uh, well, and the bow ties seem quite flamboyant. Um, they're not the sort of clothes that you would wear if you were just a normal gentleman going to, you know, noble kind of dances and sort of things. This is some, this, the, the, these are clothes worn by somebody who wants to be noticed. Somebody who is perhaps in a circle that requires attention. And there's multiple different suits. Do they look like they belong to the same person? There's two suits, uh, in, like a full, two full suits. They don't seem to have been touched in a long time, uh, but yes, they seem to be the same kind of size and that sort of thing. The same feel, fabric. Right. Well, I point this out for the rest of you. Uh, is there anything else in the room? Actually, could you roll me a spot hidden while you're at it? You know what? Let's spend some luck. Because I like the idea of having no luck left when I need it. <laughs> <laughs> so... That means I will need to spend 13 luck. Whoa. Quite a bit there. It's quite a bit. But yes, I do spot hidden as it happens. You notice that on the collar of one of the shirts, you see the initials R-B written on it. So it's R and then a B. Say, this shirt's got initials on it. It says R-B written on it. R-B. R-B. Anybody know anyone with those initials? 
Reverend Brown? <laughs> uh, I think it's unlikely that he'd put his occupation as the first letter. You don't put... Uh, I'm sorry, what is your occupation again? <laughs> I'm a drifter. So, un- oh. unemployed. Yeah. I see. That's okay, we've all been there, you know? Well, I mean, I'm happy where I am. And it's hardly your fault. Well, no, I just kind of, when my grandmama died, I didn't have anywhere to go. And Exactly, the socioeconomic pressures put upon your class. Right. Well, yeah, you're starting to make some sense, Professor Wolf. <laughs> anyway, is there anything else in the room? Um, I want to look for some valuable stuff that's small enough to fit in my pocket. Uh, you find two cufflinks? I don't know what these are, but they look They're like shiny. they could catch a penny. Romy is spot hidden as well. Um, yep, it's just a regular success. Yeah, so you, you find two cufflinks. Romy, luck. Uh, three. As in just, like, yeah. the yeah. number three? Yeah, like if it, you you obviously need to get this checked, but they look like diamonds. They're like they're Ooh. made of diamonds. Oh, Fancy. oh my! These are like really, really clear rocks. Have you, ever <laughs> seen, you ever seen anything like this? Uh, yeah. The diamonds. Yeah, probably they're what now? Probably blood diamonds. I don't understand a word you've seen. Well, that can't be held against you. I mean, I guess whoever lives here was rich. Yeah, well, judging from this house, I'd say that's a fair assumption. It's at this point that you hear from upstairs, like, creaking floorboards. Uh, you don't exactly know where, but you definitely hear it very clearly. Anybody else hear that? That I did. Yep. You think somebody's here? Well, what if somebody? Those bodies were still warm. As was the ashtray. Okay, our, our priority needs to be getting out of here, okay? Uh, maybe... Uh, what's what's in the next room? I, I go to the door, one over. Interestingly, this door seems different from the rest of them. Uh, for one, there's two doors, like it's a double door, unlike all the other doors on this floor. And two, for two, the actual handles, unlike doorknobs, they actually have, like, curved uh, semicircular handles. So, you open the door doors and you step in and you find out that this is a huge room it's a room that stretches two stories is the floor you're in and the floor above as well um you can see that it's full of books with two iron balconies running this library's length um the room has a lot of random ornate balustrades and railings on the actual uh, balconies as well and there's a couple of wooden staircases going up to those balconies um, you see a profusion of leather covers and a lot of books uh, shelves and shelves filled with books you see antique oil lamps on top of polished oak tables around as well um, they're the main source of light around the place as well although there are lamps around the library that are dimly glowing as well there's a huge grandfather clock on the opposite side of the room as well it looks like it's locked in position. It, it isn't ticking. There's no sound coming from it. Um, other than that, the smell you smell is that of leather, parchment, rotting paper, and ancient ink. 
Otherwise, to be completely and fairly honest, the room itself just fills you with a sense of staleness. It's quite heavy and unpleasant, unlike libraries you've been to at the very least, Franny. This oh is God. not a well-taken-care-of-room. Yeah. Some of these rooms seem like nobody's lived in them for ages, and then other rooms have a fire currently burning. Do y'all believe in ghosts? Well, uh, it's a possibility. N no, I don't believe in anything. There but... are stranger things in heaven and earth than a dreamt of in your philosophy, Horatio. Who knows what there is or isn't? That... We've seen strange things here, certainly. Gardens that turn into corridors. Figures that <laughs> appear and disappear. Hanging bodies. Surely, after all you've seen, it's more madness to discount these things. Exactly. How else do you explain it? The figure that you saw, right? Exactly. There are ways, there are always ways to explain these things. For example, very and easily... discrediting explanations before they've been properly considered would be rash. Okay, whatever. Let's just uh, have a look around. I, I go towards the books and I uh, take one from the shelves to examine. So uh, you are a librarian. Is there any particular category that you go to or do you just arbitrarily go to whatever book it is? Let's see. I go specifically to... How are they? Are they sorted in the Dewey Decimal System? Are yes. they sorted? Okay. All right. Um, what categories do we have then? Is it like just the, as much as you'd have in a regular library? Yeah. So general philosophy, religion, uh, social sciences, uh, languages. I'll go towards um, occult since we, we have like a ritual that has been described to us. I'll go towards occult. So very quickly and very easily you find the occult section. Could you roll me a library roll, please? Okay, so it's a, a success, but not a... It's like, I got a 49. So you look into all of these books about rituals and nothing seems to be particularly uh, appropriate for the situation you're in. You do find a book that's been bookmarked. There's a bookmark in it, and it, it's on the rituals section as well, uh, Rituals in the Occult. It tells you about symbols and symbolism, about how symbols are quite important when it comes to rituals. It tells you that symbols are where the energy of the ritual is actually held within, that some cultures believe that symbols have the ability to keep energy from, like, bio energy within them so that the energy that is given to a ritual can be preserved within those symbols so as to be used later on. But that's all you can find. This section appears to be, well, it's bookmarked. Whoever was using this library thought this section in particular would be useful. Uh, symbols uh, store energy in them when used in a ritual? Something like that? Symbols store energy. Have we seen any symbols around here? Uh, well, a symbol could be anything, really. I'm going to spread out further and just have a look at some of the other books. And then uh, when I'm somewhere in the, uh, oh, 19s or so, uh, I'll call over Miss Valia. Here's something that might be of interest to you. Oh, yes. I, I walk over. What are you uh, presenting to me? I don't trust those other two. Uh, what? Look at how quick they were to try and take the gun off you. Yeah. They could snap at any moment. They could turn on us. Uh, well, uh, 
I do think Doris in particular is fragile and that was very unlike Franny to do. Have you met Doris before this? No. How do we even know she is who she says she is? You think she's working with whoever's doing this? She might be whoever's doing this. That's a terrifying thought. And it's strange that that Ms. Silverman says that she's got no belief in the supernatural. Right. But the first place she decides to look is the occult section. Well, she is a librarian. And then she goes for the gun. She might not have premeditated knowledge of this, but I think she's cracking. I think they're both cracking. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's maybe be cautious, but, uh, uh, reserve judgment. Cautious. Yeah. Cautious. 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 Yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I kind of pat him on the shoulder a bit. Yeah. I'm all right. It's the rest of you who are going crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And this is a fact that you know, Professor Wolf. Oh, yeah. Yes. Do you head back to where the others are? Yeah. This is another just momentary take you aside to say how uh, Doris Plum is actually responsible for everything (laughs) that's going on. While this is happening, Doris, what are you doing? Um, I want to look for a newspaper. Any newspaper in particular? A newspaper. Where are you looking? Um... I'm looking on the tables, something that's recent, I guess. Aha. Yes, indeed. So you do find a book open halfway um, on one of the tables. It looks like a uh, album of some sort, an album that somebody's made, and it's open to one of the pages, and they all look to be reviews of some sort, uh, reviews of artistic endeavors and that sort of thing. Um, they all There's a lot of articles there, actually. There's articles about a individual named Robert Bryce. You find articles about how he, like, flourished within the artistic world, how, what kind of things he did, that sort of thing as well. In fact, you find several reviews within the book, within the album, that have been circled um, specifically. For the listeners out there, I gave... A handout to Doris. I don't understand one bit of it, but they mention novels. So my, I'm going to hand this over to Franny because she knows about books oh, and stuff. Sure. Okay. The Purple Covenant. I'll shoot you a look at, of these two are sharing right, the information right. between themselves. <laughs> See what I mean? I, I give him a look back like, yeah. <laughs> so each of those are individual articles that have been cut out and pasted on a um, album. Okay. It looks like these are all reviews of books that Bryce wrote. Robert Bryce. The Purple Covenant, did you say? Yeah, well, that's one of them. There's a few. The Purple Covenant, 1914. Absurdist nature has a defensive meaningless... Some critics say, Bryce's novel truly embodies the cultural zeitgeist that must be faced. And then, It Was, Therefore I Am, 1916. That's a heck of a title. Utterly melodic, simply absurd, and beautifully written. Okay, so we're dealing with an artist here. A writer? Yeah, I don't understand. Hold on, hold on. So, the first one says he's done it, it's a very good novel. Second one, It Was, Therefore I Am, again, amazing. Then, Tomorrow Not Before, 1917, the year after, despite the apparent genius of his la- latest novel, one must note that it is quite derivative. 
Despite its success, nothing more can be noted of Bryce's latest work other than it being a disappointing shadow of his previous work, and then 1918, The Case of the Missing Teeth, better known as The Case of the Missing Talent. Somebody didn't hold back. So, I guess his books got increasingly worse over the years. It's 1914, 1916, 1917, 1918. Right. Which doesn't explain how he can afford a place like this. Yeah, unless they sold really well and just didn't do well critically, but why would you even keep reviews like that? And is this a clue towards the distorted truth, the mangled art and damaged mangled pieces? Art? Is, is his art the mangled art, or are these reviews the distorted truth, maybe? I mean, if we're dealing with an insane person, it really could be anything. I don't know. I don't know what any of it means. All it seems to mean is that this Rupert, was it? Rupert Bryce? Robert Bryce. Robert Bryce guy just was an inconsistent author. Yeah. Or, Have you, you know. heard of him before? Roll me a knowledge. Oh, maybe. <laughs> Let's find out. What's that? Uh, 68... So, knowledge is education, right? Oh, man, my education ah, 65. Close. <gasps> you could spend luck points. Okay. So, yes, in fact, you have heard of this individual, this author. Um, he was quite famous in literary circles uh, several years ago. Uh, for co context's sake, it's, it's 1921 at the moment, if anyone's wondering. Late 1921. But yes, he, he was very well known in the literary circle for being a very new and upcoming, the next genius upcoming author kind of, kind of figure. He was very eccentric. He was very much all over the place. Um, he didn't really at any point in time, even from from his novels at least, the content in the novels were quite absurd and quite all over the place. And mm -hmm. readers of it were more drawn to the writing rather than the content, which was one of the major things that put you may have put you off of his writing, mm -hmm. may have put a lot of other individuals off of his writing. But people, the youth of the time, definitely liked it quite a bit. And it pummeled him into popularity that still um, would have perhaps sustained him. You do know that he disappeared off the face of the earth in terms of the literary circles a couple of years ago, perhaps in the late 19... Uh, 1919? This last one is 1918. Yeah, so around that time, he just kind of stopped writing. You stopped hearing things from that and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I never really read his books, but um, it looks like, uh, according to these, that his later books started to um, try to have more of a like a storyline like this last one apparently was a mystery novel and um you know that of course when you're writing absurdist uh books it doesn't really lend well to mystery eh, i don't read fiction well we're in a library right why don't we go look at his books in case he made some notes on them right yeah maybe he has some copies here that's a good idea uh, should we go inspect the library yeah. by all means should i roll was... a library use yep I'll roll as well. Okay. No. <laughs> I got a 19. Surprisingly enough, despite the library being full of a lot of different books, you it takes you a while to find um, any of Bryce's work. Uh, after looking for quite a while, you do find one book kind of hidden away in one of the shelves that you would not have noticed if not for the fact that it had a very um, bright red cover um you take it down and you just open it up and it's it's your run-of-the-mill mystery novel 
Um, it's, it's the latest one. Case of the Missing Teeth. Okay, here's the latest one. Okay. And I open it. Yep. Inside you find what looks like a torn off page of a journal and it has words on it written by someone in hand, normal handwriting. Case of the Missing Teeth. And so it is important to note that characterization takes on many different facets and cannot be defined nor confined into a specific definition that can cover all required areas. However, it seems to be that there are certain patterns that can be focused upon in order to bring life to an otherwise lifeless artwork. For example, taking an age-old archetype of a character to start with and pushing that to its breaking point will produce a work of art that will push all boundaries existent. Take the archetypes of the wise man, the criminal, the adventurer, the magician, or the jester frequently intertwined, and the quick-witted woman. These are all archetypes that can be produced and engaged with a reality that they cannot comprehend, and by doing so, the final... That's it. The final... What, then he stopped writing? Um, no, it's torn off. This is all that's there. Oh, I see. Uh, pretentious literary twaddle. Well, it would explain why people found his work derivative, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's advice for... Writers. I'm not a writer. I mostly read nonfiction. So, but it doesn't seem to be particularly relevant to our current situation. Yeah. One of the things that you notice is that there are some words that have been kind of circled with what looks like a like a ink pen. Um, there, four of the archetypes have been circled. These ones are circled. These ones so, here. The wise man, the quick-witted woman, the criminal, and the adventurer. The wise man. <laughs> Debatable. Me. Yeah, that's what I was thinking the too. The quick-witted woman. Quick-witted woman. You, the criminal. adventurer, yeah. yourself, and the criminal. We don't hold it against <laughs> you. It's the result of your socioeconomic upbringing. Oh, sure. Because I'm poor, I take things. You did just take those diamonds, so. I'm, I didn't take no diamonds. <laughs> <laughs> We don't hold it against you. Kind of seems like this guy maybe knows you better than you know yourself. He was looking for symbols before. Symbols right. pushed to symbols. their... Characters pushed to their limits. Characters pushed to their limits. Archetypes. And symbols maintain power. Symbols with some kind of energy. How many archetypes did he mention that were not circled? Um, well, uh, the magician. That's it, the magician. Just the magician. Yeah, or the jester, frequently intertwined, is what it says. Well, it kind of sounds like we are the archetypes that he's circled there. Like, this is all some kind of grand plan. And he may be the magician or see yes. himself as such. Right. He's the magician, the jester, the trickster. The okay. depraved mind projecting itself in its own work. But it doesn't explain all the weird things that, that are going on here. Like, okay, sure. Maybe we could think that this... Robert Bryce guy is insane and he drugged us and got us all here for some weird ritual. But what about all the things that we've seen? What about the things that we can't explain? And if he drugged us and brought us here for some ritual, why leave us in a room in the attic? Exactly. Why leave us at all? Is there anything else in the book? No, everything. It's just the story that he's created. A uh, quick glance of the synopsis and just a few of the writing pages of the actual book uh, makes you believe that it's not very well written. It's it's very, like, surface level. There's nothing behind any of his writing, at least from this novel. Well, I mean, all we've learned from this is that whoever did this to us is insane, which we already knew. Well, it's got to be Robert Bryce, right? I mean, this is his house. What if he's pushing us to our limits? What if this is his attempt to create a new work? Write his next book. What if he didn't 
What if he left us in that attic because we weren't ready yet? Well, maybe he is the magician because I don't know well, how else you can. Well, I don't know how else you can explain, you know, doors that turn into mirrors of hallways or that I don't know disappear and bodies that suddenly start showing themselves and mysterious black figures in hallways. Oh, who were the people? Who were the dead people? Who were the bodies? Exactly. That's the question, right? Has he done this before? Is this is this what he does to, you know, all the people? Is that what the, the piece of paper was, was talking about? And why did he leave that there? This is all some sick game of his, right? And why does he need three more? I don't know. Three maybe... more in addition to us? In addition. Or so... three of us? I don't know. Three more makes seven, if my math is correct. Seven pillars. Yeah, there was seven in, in the paper, but... Are there going to be three more people arriving? Were the two we found upstairs two of those? I, I don't know. Something just occurred to me. Uh, we didn't actually try and walk through the uh, reflected room, did we? Right. No, we didn't. I guess part of me was kind of scared to see what we might find well what if it wasn't real you know what though normally i would just dismiss you as insane but i think you might possibly be onto something right what if it's just an illusion or a reflection or a reflection what if madness is just glimpsing a higher truth well yeah, that this is just an illusion okay that's or that illusion is being used yeah yeah well Regardless, I, I think I think you do bring up a good point, Doris. Maybe we should try to go through the door. Yeah. We don't have anything else. Yeah. The alternative is to keep looking around. Well, we can always come back here if we don't find a way out. Yeah. Well, I certainly Hopefully. hope so. Well, let's go back into the hallway then. Okay. And let's let Doris go first. Do you put the book back? No, I think I take the book with me. Who has it? I do. Could you describe to me what order you leave the library in? Me first. And then I guess I'll follow. Yeah. Or are you still trailing behind me? Well, just as long as I can see you, that's all. So the moment, Franny, that you leave the library, um, you suddenly find yourself sitting down in, in a chair, a rocking chair of sorts, and you're scribbling something, well, you were scribbling something on a book on your lap. You look up and you find yourself in what looks like a small room. Uh, there's a desk nearby, some parchment on it, a typewriter as well. Um, you see bookshelves and like it's essentially a study. Uh, there is a window and there's a sound coming from the window. When you look up towards the window, you find a shadowy man in black staring at you. Staring at you with no face. It's just the blank husk of a hole instead of a face. For a moment, you seem quite stunned, and when you look down at what you've been writing, you realize that you've been drawing something. Um, in fact, you turn over the pages and you realize you've drawn the same thing over and over and over and over again on every page of the book that you're holding. It's the same sign. It's a question mark with two other hooks coming out from the other side. I will show you what it looks like. So it's essentially a question mark with a dot at the bottom and then almost at 60 degree angles again another part of a question mark coming in it's like three question marks originating from the very same dot and then you blink and you find yourself just outside the library again i 
Uh, you you okay, Franny? Yeah, um, I... Did I go anywhere just now? Through the door. We're in the corridor now. Can I roll for knowledge on that symbol? Yes, by all means. So you're rolling a knowledge roll, not not, not something else, just to clarify? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a success 55. Um, nothing about the symbol particularly rings a bell, but thinking about it, and like you close your eyes and think about it, just try to imagine it, and every time you do, something about it causes you to feel nothing but a very strong sense of dread. I saw something, like a, um, there was a symbol. I was drawing a symbol... Uh, it looked like it was, um, it was like a, it was a question mark. It, well, it was three question marks. They were kind of, um, uh, they a were like symbol? going in a circle. It was, yeah, it was a symbol. And then that man, the man was there. The one with no face. Um, and like, he looked like a shadow. He wasn't like, it, it, it didn't have, he didn't have like a That's the man that I saw like before. Skin. Yes, that one. Yes, the, a shape, I, I, I guess a so. form, but know. no substance. Yes, yes. Uh, but, I mean, but I, I didn't go anywhere. I stayed here. So I guess it was a vision? Um, I, uh, the symbol, the symbol. I guess I do, I guess I go to draw it on, I, I have a pen, pencil with me. And a notebook. I actually had that with me oh, in my stuff. Yeah, okay, so I grab the notebook and the thing, and I draw it for them so they can, and, and show it to them. Can I make an occult check to recognize it? Yes, you may. Yeah, can I do that too, actually? Definitely. Nope. No, I can't. Nope, me neither. While this is happening, Doris, while everybody's just uh, pouring over the symbol that Franny has drawn, you notice at the corner of your eye, like a figure walking into one of the rooms on the opposite side, um, arbitrarily just walking straight in. I'm running off to that figure. Okay. <laughs> Wait, where are you going? Come back! There's someone over there. See them. Uh, don't go towards them. Well, they might have the answers. And running and running and... Oh, jeez. I think it takes a while for the three of you to realize what's going on, but Doris is already running away. You see her disappear into one of the doors opposite the side that you're in. Um, same floor, though. Uh, so, Doris... So you find yourself in a relatively large room filled with objects of different sizes and shapes, all covered over with white linen. One in particular looks quite large, um, uh, with an arch kind of figure that seems to be in the middle of the room. Um, and in fact, everything else has been pushed to the sides and it's the only thing in the middle. And I don't see a person over there? No. Um, how many pillars are surrounding the big arch thing so it's just it, it just looks like a the shape of an arch with legs on both sides of said arch but it doesn't have any pillows or anything of that sort it's in the middle of the room but you said the stuff around it right yeah the other objects with linen on top of it have been pushed to the sides of the room oh, okay uh well if i walk around the room does anything else kind of strike me as odd so behind this arch-like structure that is that has white linen on top of it, you see another object behind it. It looks like a couch uh, with upon which is a person because you can see the head and shoulder shape. But again, there's linen on top, so you can't really see mm. what's beneath. Oh, oh, I, oh! I think I think I'm gonna call for the others because I'm a bit of a scaredy cat. Um, so yeah, I'm going to run back out and call, Franny, come over here. 
I go towards. What is it? What is it, Doris? Uh, well, there's there's stuff in here, and it's, it's all covered in sheets. And well, I think I think I see a man, maybe a man underneath the sheets, but but I'm not sure. I I go in and look into the room cautiously. Yeah, so you see essentially the same thing. There's there's, there's an arch-looking object upon which is a sheet, and behind that there's another. Uh, object that looks like a couch with a humanoid shape underneath it with another sheet on top. So they're different objects, but one is covering, like one is hiding the other. Okay, so I I go into the room and I take the sheet off of the arch. Yeah, so you find yourself facing a large mirror and in that mirror you see a reflection of yourself. That's basically all you should see. However, just as you do you look away or... Yeah. So just as you look away, and you, you swear you see this, but you can't be sure, you see the reflection mouth the words, Will you do it? I look back just to check. And it's your reflection staring at you again. I look away again, and I go around to the couch, and I take off the sheet. You find yourself facing a man sitting down. He's wearing what looks like a suit, um, with a bow tie on it, like he's he's got a all black, uh, black and suit. He seems somewhat old, um, gray hair, that sort of thing, uh, square kind of face. Oh, by the way, his chest is gone. Instead of his chest, you see his ribcage has been opened up, like essentially clawed open, and he on his face is a sadistic smile, just a smile of gleeful joy. And he's dead. Yes. Well, as far as you can tell. Oh god, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh. sanity. Oof, okay, 75. Is it a pass? N- uh, no. No. It's at this point that you notice something more about the body, Frenny. Looking at the edges of his torn out flesh, his opened rib cage, you notice that it almost looks like somebody literally clawed it open with their bare hands. You can see the finger marks, the dents in the flesh, and the grooves that resemble fingers. And... You lose five sanity. Oh. May I have your character sheet as well? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What is it? What have you found? All right. It's another dead man. It's another dead person. It's another oh god dead person in the house. Okay. Oh god. All right. Um, I take the sheet and I cover the guy's face. Oh Jesus. Okay, guys. Um, I think we've really got to get out of here. Yes. Are there any doors or windows in this room? No. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm gonna try going through the door. Uh, it's worth a shot, right? Yeah, let's... It's worth a shot. What's the worst that can happen, right? Ha, ha. Let's, um... <laughs> Can't be any worse than what's already happening. Well, uh, Yeah. Okay. Let's... Let's give it a try. Who's with me? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. I, uh, sure. I head over to the main door. It's been closed since you last were here. Uh, did you guys close it? No. I didn't touch anything. Is this the same door we shot down? Or you mean like just the door of the, the gallery? The door that you shot thing? down. Yes. Oh, the door that we shot down. Okay. It's closed again. 
Okay. Is the I... glass fixed? Are the hinges fixed? Or is it um, still damaged? No, it's still damaged. Well, let's open it back up again. What are we waiting for? Uh, yeah, yeah. I-, I turn the handle. Yep, it opens up as usual. Okay, and what do I see? Uh, a reflection of essentially the same room that you're in. Okay, okay. okay. Let's do it. Let's Let's go. Yeah, at the risk of sounding odd, maybe we should all hold hands or something, you know, in case we're stepping into some kind of weird dimension thing. I'd rather keep my hands free, if you don't mind. Yeah, I've got my dagger in my hand, then. All right. I take out my rifle. I take out the gun you gave me and the knife. I'm going to take something and throw it and see what happens. Hey, now that's an idea. But not in such a way that if it bounced back, it would skewer me or hit me in the head or anything it disappears into the reflection so it doesn't appear it doesn't appear on the other Uh, side uh okay maybe we shouldn't go through there does that mean we're trapped does that mean we're stuck here or maybe this is distorted truth so we're supposed to cross into the other room the 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 real room how do we know that that's real well, this doesn't seem particularly real. Just going by everything that's happened. None of this seems that real. Or do you want us to be stuck here forever? Of is course, that what you want? Of course not, Franny. Well, we don't know if this is the, the better place to be compared to what's on the other side. Well, gee, I think the dead man might think it's not the best place to be. I'm in favor of getting out of here before that happens to me. Yeah. Well, you don't even know what's going to happen to you once you're on the other side. Exactly. We don't know what There's the other no side is. In life, save that we can't stay here. You guys are right. We know what this side is, and it's not good. So, Franny, why don't you take your shotgun and stick it in there and see if anything happens? I can do that with the knife. I don't want to lose a shotgun. It's only got one shot left. Well, you can buy more ammo. Come on. Okay, I stick my my knife. Still holding on to the knife, I stick it into the. Like across the archway. Yeah, it looks like it almost cuts through something that is ever thin and it's almost like a canvas that's so thin that it goes between the threads and then you pull it back? No, I think I. Oh, maybe I'll cut sideways. It, nothing, no change. It almost seems like there are threads in all directions. It does not make sense to you, essentially. It's almost like the direction of the threads changes as with your knife. There's something. No. I don't, I don't know. It's like there's something there, but, but I, I mean, I can't touch it, but this, I, I don't know. I don't understand. Well, you've got one blast left of your shotgun. Try clearing it out. If I can't cut it, I'm not going to be able to shoot it. What is it? I don't know. I don't know. How could this be? Well, I guess one of us has to do this. Um, sticking my arm through... Or trying to touch whatever's there, at least. When you put your um, your hand through the door, your whole arm feels cold. It feels like you're putting it through something thick and something that feels all over. But no pain, nothing of that sort. You pull your arm back. Can I move my arm around a little bit? You can, and again... Every inch of your arm feels like it's touching something. Can I grab something? No, it just goes through your fingers. It just fades away. Hmm. Okay, I pull my arm back out. Nothing present with your arm. It's your arm. Does it feel cold? No, it's your normal arm. 
What what happened? Mm. That's weird. It was it was really cold in there. I could feel something, but I couldn't grab anything. What did it feel like? Cold and thickness. I guess maybe it felt like like snow. Maybe snow. Yeah, it was like cold and a bit squishy. Cold jelly. Uh I don't know about you guys, but that sounds like the world of illusion to me. Uh, I don't know if I want to be part of that. Okay, is there anywhere we haven't looked? We haven't gone out into the garden. You st- you're sure that there wasn't enough of bed sheets for us to leave? If we were to take some of the sheets in this room and take them back upstairs, that might be enough. Okay, let's do that. Yes, that sounds good. Let's do that. Just uh, let's leave that one, pointing at the one covering oh. the body. Right. Yeah, so do you go back to the uh, room with the sheets? Yes. Yeah. And we'll start pulling sheets off everything except the one that's covering the body. Yeah, so the first thing you notice as you look at towards the body, at least, that it's it's clearly been moved around, at least the sheet has. Um, you see that the man's hand is outside of the sheet. It hasn't been covered by the sheet, and he's grabbing a hold of what looks like a piece of paper, uh, perhaps even an envelope. I walk over and uh, ever so carefully pry the envelope from his fingers. It is an envelope. It's addressed to a Mr. Bryce. Okay. I open it and I'm assuming there is a letter. There is a letter inside. I just handed it to you. Why don't you read it out for us? Dear Bryce, are you sure your latest idea is a good one? As your editor, I understand that mystery is definitely something you want to get into, but given the last mystery that you so graciously blessed the world with, are you certain that this is a good idea? For example, you mention a yellow king has something to do with it, yet this king is nowhere mentioned in the whole novel. Are you sure about this? Additionally, what is with the ending? Have you just submitted a draft for me? Please respond. Your lack of response over the past couple of months has not inspired much trust in you with the agency. Sincerely, Charles. Why would a dead guy be holding this? Did he have the letter before? I mean, honestly, I I was kind of distracted by the big hole in his chest. Right. Right. That, that is, uh, that is fair. That is quite distracting. What's with all these ripped up bodies? Is this Charles? Oh my god. Or is it Bryce? No, Bryce has got to be the one doing this, right? This is his house. I mean, you guys haven't taken a look at the body, only um, Franny has, so... I think I'm going to um, take a deep breath and... You know what? I don't think I need to pull it down all the way. (laughs) Let's just expose the face and the top of the suit, which is enough to compare whether it's the same as the suits we found in the wardrobe. Yep. Uh, Could you roll me luck, please? Probably not. No. Cool. Could you roll me spot hidden then? Definitely no. Okay. Um, who else is looking at the body when this is happening? Yeah, um, I will. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'll be looking away. I've already seen it. I, w- I wasn't prepared to like move away before he proceeded to move the sheets. So. Yeah. Could the two of you roll spot hidden as well, please? Yep. Uh, just a regular spot. That's a crit pass. Damn. Unfortunately for Professor Wolf, when he does pull down the sheet, just trying to make sure that it's only the face, the silk of the sheet kind of just 
you know, gets through your fingers and it just falls down. And you you come face to face with, again, the empty chested man. Perhaps empty chested is the wrong word to describe him. He does indeed have his lungs and most of his innards inside of him, despite his ribcage being clawed open. One thing, however, is missing, and that is his heart. His heart is missing. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. Oh. Energy check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so I actually passed. So we're trying to get under our current sanity now, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got a one. <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, what did you get? I failed. Oh, okay. Could be my turn to go and save. Two sanity. Okay. I haven't lost five yet, I don't think. Oh, no, I have. Everyone is crazy. All three of you still lose one sanity. I should mention. Really? Oh. Yes. It's so bad. Yeah. Um, and your current feelings of insanity are strengthened. In fact, you, you, you're kind of disillusioned. You don't really know what to do anymore. You're just panicking. Oh, God, there's no way out. There's no way out of here. And I'm stuck here. I'm stuck here with you lunatics. Oh, God. No, there, there must be some way out. There must be some way out. There's, there's no way out. Oh. Well, we don't know There's that. There's no way out, and it's her fault. She's oh, how's it my fault? What did I we're do? We're trapped here. We're trapped here with her, and she's going to kill us. It's she's not. She's going to kill us. It's not Doris. She's going to kill us. She's going to kill us. She's going to kill us. Guys, come on. It's not Doris that's doing this. Okay. It's 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 Robert. It's it's this this insane guy. It, it must be him. This is some no. some sick plan that he's that he's concocted and he's brought us all here and I don't know how he's doing it but he, he's going to kill us so we need to find some way out of here we, we just gotta we, we gotta get the sheets we gotta get out okay no I, I don't trust any of you anymore you stay back I say producing my gun but my hand is shaking so much that if I shot there's no way of knowing where that bullet's gonna wind up hey hey I produce my gun and I'm pointing at him too um, ha, we we don't know if you you might be behind some of this too. I don't know. No one else is strong enough to rip somebody open with their bare hands. I would like to take. I'm my not ro- strong enough to. You think I'm so? I don't know. Well, we're not. Where have you been this whole time? You. <laughs> I take my rifle out and I shoot it into the air. Oh. Um. So that might startle me enough to get me to relax, or it might startle me enough to make me fire. How would you like to do this? How about roll luck with advantage for everybody being in a equally stressful situation oh my luck is quite bad after i yeah uh, no you spent those 13 luck points um 13 luck points yeah wow uh okay so that's a success so yes um you almost fire shot but you managed to steal yourself and calm down momentarily at the very least okay guys we gotta get out of here we just gotta stick together and try to keep our heads straight okay Okay, guns down. And I put my rifle back. I put my gun down slowly. I'll lower my pistol as well. Now, we're going to get these sheets. Who's with me? I I start uh, gathering sheets. I may have not been entirely truthful when I said before that the rope wasn't long enough. What? What? I didn't know who I could trust. You mean we could have got out of here this whole time? I didn't know who I could trust. I, for all I know, one of you was responsible for all of this the whole time. I wasn't going to tell you this. I I point my gun at him again. How do we not? uh, You are responsible for this. This was you. You've been keeping us here this entire time. So you could kill us off one by one? Is that what this is? I'm not the... 
guys, how about the fact that maybe none of us are responsible for this? Huh? Give me your gun. Give us your gun. No, I'm not giving you my gun. We can't trust you. You've made that very clear. We can't trust you either. What have I done? You know what you've done. N what? All of us. Every... You know what you've done. There is there is no way that Franny is responsible for this, okay? I, I know her. So while this is happening, Doris, what are you doing? Um, I was going to, like, pry around in the body. Pry around in the body? Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, when... When things started going crazy, I was just kind of like, okay, nothing's real, nothing's real. Maybe I could just, like, put my hands through the body and everything will be okay, and... Suffice to say, everything was not okay, and now your hands are covered in blood. Okay, so I think while all this chaos is happening, I look over at Doris. I catch Doris on the corner of my eye. Doris, what the hell? Look at her hands! Doris? It was her! She was the killer all along! Doris, are you, are you okay? Of course I'm not okay. I'm, I mean, why was my hand in there in the first place? I mean, I don't know. You all notice one other thing, except perhaps Doris for a few seconds. You realize that on her cheek, there's what looks like red tears. And suddenly another drop appears on her face. Again, red. And then uh. another drop. Uh. I look up. Up. Uh. You look up and you realize that where Sybil shot, there is a small hole, barely visible, up in the ceiling. And from that, there is dripping some liquid. And oh, God. The liquid is red. Oh, God. The stuff oh. on my, on my face. Oh, God. What did, I, what did I do? And I run out of the room, um, trying to find a way to get to the, the room that's above that. I, I, I follow. All three of you just straight yeah, up? Yeah, I think this was the shock that I needed to stop being crazy. Doris, you too, or are you a bit more calm? Uh, well, I just want to get out of the room because I realized I have blood dripping on my face. So are you the last to leave? Yes. As you're leaving, you turn to... You feel some kind of something in your head saying, turn around. Like, just just like a nagging feeling of the... Yeah, okay. Uh, I feel something like my back itching or something. To just, like, turn around. On the mirror that you were just looking at, that you just saw before are words written from what looks like a red liquid, perhaps blood. It says very clearly in capitals the words, only one can find the truth. Who is responsible? Can anyone be trusted? Has Sybil killed someone with her stray bullet? And what does the blood message mean? Find out in the next episode of Don't Forget Your Towel. Hello listeners, it's Future Azul again. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to tune in next week for episode 3 of Call of Cthulhu. Please like, follow, and, well, message us on Facebook at Don't Forget Your Towel Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter at DFYT underscore podcast, or you can email us for a good old-fashioned chat at DFYTpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're listening to us on iTunes, please drop by and give us a five-star review or a comment. It means a lot to us and it keeps us on air so that we can actually reach a larger audience and get more listeners. Thank you so, so much. And don't forget, keep your towels at the ready.